Right, here goes nothing. Gamers and famous musicians have this complaint in common. The fans are way too noisy. And this week, there'll be tears before bed and more games ahead. My name's Sev, and my co-host is Viz. Good evening. How you doing today, Viz? Fair, I'm not too bad. Do you remember that conversation we had a couple of weeks ago? So I told you I did an exam that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just found out my results today and I passed. Way. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, and then she informed me that I've got another two exams next month, back to back. Oh. <laughs> yeah, one of them's a three hour exam. Not looking forward to that one. Three hour exams? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, rather you than me, mate, but best of luck. I know, I'm crying already. Yeah, sounds like you haven't t- got time for games, you're going to have to do studying. Nah, it's always time for games. That's what we like to hear. So, uh, that said, are you going to do a little trash talk? Yeah, we've got an interesting one this week. Well, fair, fairly. Uh, so this week we're going to run over the uh, PlayStation tier system because it just came to the UK. I know everyone else has had it for maybe like a week or two before us. And I don't know about you, but I feel like it was a bit of... I'm going to use the term like a bit of a wet fart. It was a bit of a letdown. It wasn't as uh, groundbreaking as I was hoping it would be. No, I don't think it's very groundbreaking. I think it's quite. There's a lot in there that's quite disappointing because I think they've added a lot of games which were all already previously on the PlayStation Plus, which is quite disappointing. There is some outstanding games on there that will cover the cost, but still, it's not. I, I, I'm not rushed to get it, which I thought I would be. Yeah, see, I was I was all ready to slap down my eighteen pound for the first month, and then browsing through the games, I kind of. As you said, it's a lot of what's been on PlayStation Plus before, and I think it's that mixed with what they've already had in PlayStation Now for a while. So it kind of just feels like that sort of quality. Yeah, it's quite difficult to say. Um, I've been trying to boggle my mind today going through the different catalogues of games that they've got. There's not a very recent update one, as we discussed earlier on. Uh, the most recent, like one which you pointed out so yeah that was from like over a month ago the the only one i could actually find on top of that which i posted afterwards was four or five days ago and even then there's not much that has actually changed on it so i do expect it will be like um if it's anything like game pass it'll be like once a month that it sort of changes i think it's just uh the opening lineup it came out with so yeah as you said there were a few standout games like i'd like to play mars malaris because i haven't played that yet um, the Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, I'd like to do the DLC in that. Um, and then there's a few other ones, but I've kind of learned my lesson from Game Pass where there's a lot of good things that come to Game Pass and a lot of things that like catch my eye, but I know I've only got a limited amount of time, so therefore, do I want to pay £18 for something that's going to give me more options, but essentially I'm not going to have time to use? Get yeah. Me? Yeah, I get that. Um, I think there's other games in the lineup as well. They have Death Stranding, which is quite a critically acclaimed game. But the, the one I don't understand is like they put God of War in there. Well, everybody that was already on the PlayStation tier system just got God of War, not PlayStation yes. tier system. Like the PlayStation Plus, they literally just got it like the month pre, like a week or two previous to this being released in the UK. So why would you then put that into the the tier st- system? It doesn't make sense. And I think the other big game they've, they've put into that like that f- launch lineup is Returnal. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the only one in that group of 
games that we've discussed that I'd actually go out my way to play because it's still in the UK it's still at a high price it does it's not dropping in price yeah see to be fair I've uh, I've not seen a copy on shelves for a while as I don't have a PS5 so I'm not actively looking at the PS5 um, selections in the shop like in depth but I don't I don't come across uh, copies of Returnal too often. Uh, they're few and far between. I think the cheapest I've seen it is £50 and that's pre-owned in-game. Okay, um, yeah. But I, I haven't seen it any cheaper than that anywhere. Um, the next time I went in it was gone. Fair. So someone's out there. Yeah. I bet they're kicking themselves now. They should have uh, <laughs> They should have paid for the plus thing, the tiers. Yeah. I mean, it is a good deal. Like you are, if there's lots of stuff on there that you want to play, then it's definitely worth picking up. But for someone like us, or like for me in particular, I've been on PlayStation since the days of PS2. I've played a lot of these games that are on here already. Um, I own a lot of the PS4 games on my shelf. I, that's why I like collecting this PS4 games. So a lot of what was on here was stuff I already have. So does the PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 classics not intrigue you at all? Because they've now got like the trophy capability to them. Because I did notice like one of the groups I've been on Facebook, um, somebody has platinumed Ape Escape, which is in the classics tier system. And that's got okay. 17 trophies to it and a platinum. That's, that's nice. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in some of the uh, PS1 classic stuff. I think the all the PS2 classics that went up are the ones that are on PlayStation 4 already. Uh, yeah. For instance, like Dark Cloud, Dark Chronicle, uh, Rogue Galaxy, is it Mark of Cree, uh, Wild Arms 3, um, a bunch of stuff like that, Okage, um, stuff that's been on PS4 already. Um, so there was nothing new there. And then the PS3 stuff is still stream only. Like you can't, you don't actually download any of it to your system. Like you have to stream it. Yeah. Um, and that just like that all depends on how good your your internet connection is. And mine isn't the strongest, so it wouldn't be something I'd be I'd be comfortable relying on. Like it might work well some days, and then other days just be really patchy and unplayable. So there is a lot of like games on there that do interest me, and I, I keep looking at it. Oh no! But then I don't want to shoot my load too early. I want to wait um, because we've also got Stray that's like due to come out straight onto the PlayStation Plus next month. So I'm I'm think I'm just going to wait until that comes because I think that's just going to be my yeah. Achilles heel that's going to make me it's like yeah okay I'll do it until the end of my subscription because by then I think it's going to cost going to cost me twenty five pound to upgrade to the uh, top tier. Okay, yeah. See, I'd, um, I stopped playing for PlayStation Plus maybe like two years ago now. Um, yeah. So I'd have to jump back back in full price, essentially. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to jump in when Stray comes. So if I jump in now, that's £18 now, and then £18 again when Stray comes out. So if I just wait till Stray comes out, pay my £18. Yeah, I know you said it's £18. Uh, I was just looking. It's actually 13 49 for monthly subscription in the UK. Oh, is yeah. it? Well, for the premium tier? Yeah, £13.49 per month for the top tier. Okay, well, that's, that's actually not too bad then. Game Pass is ten ninety nine a month, um, so £13 is definitely a lot more palatable than the eighteen ninety nine I thought I was going to have to pay for. Yeah, so £13.49, yeah. so it's £19.99 uh, for 12 months, so 
when they were first talking about it, it was going to be over that price uh, than what we originally yeah. thought. So thirteen forty nine a month. It's I I wouldn't say that's not actually that bad. It's like forty pound for three months. I am someone who, when we uh, when I had PlayStation Plus, I paid monthly, so I paid seven pound a month for it um, because I was too stingy paid to pay for a year up front. So I only ever paid it up front, like for the year, just to get it out of the way because then it's, it's just something I always forget about. If it's like done in one go, then I don't have to worry about it for the rest of the year. I don't have to. Oh crap! I haven't done that yet. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was thought I'll just pay seven pound if I just pay my seven pound and keep it roll roll it for another month and then I've got essentially a thirty pound that I didn't spend, I'd buy more games with that. So I never have actually bought a year subscription. So I ended up paying far more four plus than I actually should have done. Yeah, but with thirteen forty nine you can actually give it a go for a month and actually decide whether you want to continue with that subscription. Um I think I think it's just gonna depend yeah. on what they bring out over the next couple of months. And they do need to like do a lot better with the interface. Yeah, it was very clunky and nothing really sort of. So all the all the little tabs for what uh, tiers things were in were kind of like inserted, embedded in the pictures. So it was never like uh, I don't think there was a a premium tab so you could see all the games that were in premium or an extras tab so you could see all the game in extras. It was kind of just like here's just a splooge of. All the games that are here, some of them are available, some of them aren't available, some of them you can have, some of them you can't have. So it felt very messy, to be fair. Yeah, I've been going through my game catalogue today on the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5, and a lot of the games are now locked out to me. Right, okay. So I've previously like paid for them or brought them, or downloaded them for free, but because they've moved to either the extra or the premium, they're now locked out until I upgrade. So are these games you've actually like physically paid money for? Uh, they are games I've physically paid money for through like discounts on PlayStation Plus, or they are they're to do with the, like the PlayStation. Depending on where the games have gone in the subscription now, like on mm. the tier system, they're now unavailable to me. Even though I may have only paid fifty p for it because it was like a. Eighty percent discount on this particular game. That's not exact cost. I'm just like talking in abbreviation. Mm. Um, but they're now locked out to me because they've gone into a different tier, and because I'm only on this essential package. If I wanted to play that game now, I need to pay an upfront cost of four ninety nine. So I think um, that might just be an issue with the like the page itself. Like you should be able to go into your library. Um, back into anything that you've previously purchased and re-download it or if it's failing that you go into your settings and go to restore licenses yeah because um, i've had it a couple of times where um i've gone like looking through the store and it's been like uh for instance a game i brought previously it now has a price on it and it wants to charge me and it's like if you go so if you go and restore your licenses it will sort of like reset everything and everything you previously purchased will then like be available for you again um so yeah there's definitely no way that it should be locking you out of stuff that you've actually paid for previously yeah well i hope not and i need to do a, i was only having a brief look through it because I, I was trying to decide what game to play this afternoon and yeah. i just noticed like there's a couple of padlocks on my library games I was like well that's weird they shouldn't be there so I've not delved deeper into it to find out more, but when I've clicked on it, it said, "Oh, this is in a new package." Right. Okay. Um, there's four ninety. There's four ninety nine pound cost. I don't know. 
I didn't do it because I, I wasn't 100% sure. But as we were talking about the interface, so I've just been looking through the, the PlayStation interface and there's nothing there. There's no... It just says like on my home screen for the PS5, uh, just says PlayStation Essentials, like the PlayStation Plus tab, just says PlayStation Essentials. It doesn't. There's no jazz. They're just saying upgrade now. You're not given this whole massive screen. So you need to yeah, do this. Yeah. These are the benefits. This is what's going to make your gaming experience better. It's just like, but there's nothing jumping out at you. There's no sparkles. There's no fireworks that say, right, you should get this. You should get this. Yeah, you should yeah. get this for free. And I was reading some of the comments, like with the the tier system, unless you actually know which game you're going in there for, you don't know what games are actually in the tier system. You actually physically have to search for it because there's no. Uh, okay. Like Returnal's not on the home screen of it. It doesn't say like you can get Returnal on this tier. Once you brought it, you have to actually physically look for it. Yeah, sort of like lost in the shuffle, essentially. It's just it's in there somewhere. But... Yeah. Yeah, that is a bit of a shame. Okay then, well, well we'll put a pin in this and we'll come back to it once we've actually got the service. But if you want to uh, give us an update like next week on if those things are still padlocked, because I'm quite interested as to what develops there, whether you are locked out or whether it's just a, a reset of licensing thing. Yeah, I'll have a double check um, over the week and I'll let you know. I hopefully they're not locked behind this new tier system because there's stuff that I've previously like paid money for. I know it might not have been at full cost on like the PlayStation Plus like initial one I was on, but I shouldn't yeah. have to pay extra for something I've already purchased. Essentially, to, to be honest, if you paid a single penny for it, then you've still paid for it, so you still own the license rights to it. Well, I think can you hear what's coming? Mm. What's coming? It's the hype train. And we've got uh, four games this week. We've got a few interesting ones. Uh, and I'm going to take the lead with a game that I found the other day, which was called Circus Electrique. Now, I believe you did watch the trailer for this one. Did you not? Yes, I have watched the trailer to this one today. So, Circus Electrique, named for the greatest show in Victorian steampunk London. Circus Electrique is a, is part story-driven RPG, part tactics, part circus management, with a completely enthralling uh, steampunk twist. I asked you the other day, you played a game called uh, Darkest Dungeon. I believe you said you thought you did, but you hadn't once we had a look at it. Yeah, I thought I did, but it was a completely different game I was thinking about. Yeah, so for anyone who's played Darkest Dungeon, um, you'll get... Uh, Circus Electric straight off the bat it's got a very similar uh, very similar combat system where it's usually like 4v4 and you're on like a flat plane and it all depends on like people's positioning so you usually put the strongest people up at the front um, and then like healers you put at the back but then there are certain moves that you can only do if you're say in space 2 uh, so your space 2 will only attack their space 3 and 4 and it's about like juggling them around but this one seems to have like some circus management elements in it as well. It says like that's how you gather your resources. So in between these battles, you got to go back and actually put on shows. It, it looks really interesting to be fair. The one thing that it didn't have though, it had like this uh, morality system where like the higher your morale, uh, the stronger your attacks will be. But if the lower your morale, I, I believe you said they can like just get sad and quit the circus or something. Uh, whereas in Darkest Dungeon, 
um, once your morale got really low, they get afflicted. So they come things like um, they become depressed or anxious, and then that would give you like debuffs against you and your whole team. Traveling through the darkness, like the more you pushed your team, the more they'd like break and get these debuffs. Um, but this Circus Electric doesn't have that sort of system, so it looks like it looks a bit more upbeat um, and probably a bit easier than Darkest Dungeon. But it's due out this year uh, on, I believe, it was. I believe it was everything it said it coming to. The consoles, yeah, pieces <clears throat> of consoles, I believe. Yeah, I think it looks right. Yeah, because it's um, that's part of the PlayStation Showcase that was. So it's definitely good to consoles as well. Yeah. So I watched this trailer. Yeah. I I am intrigued, but I I don't understand like the the game tactic. Um, what you have, I do understand that the um, the more you travel through the game, you can get up to fifteen different characters, which you can pick and choose from, and have a four different members of your team. So you can pick and choose these different like circus characters, and they all have their own different attributes. So you can yeah. put four like heavy strong characters on your on your team, or you can mix and match and have like uh, characters with different attributes to be able to get you through different fights. Um, is it the type of game style? Is it like an RPG or a fight simulator based on um, different card moves? You have yeah. You say you have your team of fifteen, and they're like uh, strong men and clowns and fire breathers and trapeze artists and stuff like that. And they usually have like six abilities, so it's not card based. Uh, it did show in the trailer like the uh, the strong man had like six abilities and like he's better in position one and two because most of his abilities use position one and two but then he did have like one or two moves for when he's in position three and four okay um, but you can usually like if it's anything like darkest dungeon you can go in and you can kind of respect people's abilities like they'll they'll have an ability tree um, so as they level up you can put in new abilities uh, in that like six slot grid there were definitely like cards and stuff on the on the screens that we saw but i don't think those i think those cards might have just been something else they didn't look like they were actually incorporated into the battle system yeah i know the trailer we saw is it was very um it was a talk over trailer wasn't it so they're trying to explain it so i'd like to see some more about this Hopefully, like if yeah. it's due to come out this year, I'd actually like to see a proper gameplay trailer without the the full talk over to be able to see and listen to the music and the game style. Because I think the trailer feel a bit slow to me. I do like the look of it, but it just was very slow. But I think it's because that's how they were trying to describe the game and what you actually had to do in it. Yeah, it was very much like an information dump. It was just like this is our game. Uh, this is our game with deep mechanics. Like learn mechanics, learn the mechanics. Look, look at this. Look at that. Yeah. And you kind of walk away going, yeah, there was a lot there. So I think that leads us into our next game then, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one I've brought to the table this week because this is actually showcased on the Nintendo Mini today. And it is The Legend of Right. This game is a RPG. Uh, it's previously launched on Xbox earlier in the year, but it's now been confirmed for release on the PS4 and it looks absolutely Cool. I'm hyped for this game because I think I like the art style. It's all hand drawn. I like the idea of it. It's it's based on um, a notebook of an aspiring game designer named Kenta. This intriguing title has you tackling the adventure of the titular Wright as he passes across each page. It looks like you'll fight, you'll fight monsters, solve puzzles, and meet plenty of characters as you would in traditional RPGs. But everything is, has a handmade arts and crafts feel that gives the game a novel edge. 
Uh, you're also able to use handful objects to impact the on-page action. An example in the trailer sees you erasing part of a pathway using an eraser, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, whether these will be one-time gimmicks or fleshed out mechanics, we're not sure. But I'm hoping that, from what I've seen, this is the first I've seen of it because I didn't know it was coming. To, I didn't know it was previously on Xbox, but this is coming to the PS4 on the 18th of August, and like being able to raise part of the page just so you can progress and use like drawing techniques and scribbling in and drawing stuff on there to be able to help you progress through levels i think it's really interesting i think it's a great idea for an rpg game yeah i'm in the same boat as you like i love the art style for this the very much looks like a uh like a school a school book that someone's just scribbled all over and they've drawn their adventure inside it so yeah, yeah, I'm looking up. I hope this get a gets a physical copy. To be fair, oh, okay. um, and I will pick it up. I will pick it up physically. Yeah, I definitely pick this up physically. I I wouldn't want to get it just on digital because I reckon the from the page I'm looking at at the moment. If I can send you a screenshot, yeah, what I'm looking at. If that was the design for the the page itself, I think that'd be fucking awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Essentially, well, looks like a Game Boy, and then it's got like a on on his kid's desk with like it's got game note written on the top. Um, what was it like a paper yeah like a paper boat and a balloon and a razor and a pencil and yeah just some nostalgic things so it does that looks looks super beautiful yeah it's like it's like in the middle of the page you've got like um your own crafted like controller yeah uh, it looks like an original I'm trying to think of the console now uh sega controller yeah yeah the four buttons and the d-pad and the little button in the middle to press pause I, it just looks very fun. It looks very creative. Oh, I do like the idea of this game. Cool. So that leads me into some uh, Dragon Quest. I knew you'd like this one as soon as I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> so they did um, last year. They they did a little presentation and they announced Dragon Quest Twelve, Dragon Quest Three, um, Two Point Five HD remake, and then Dragon Quest Treasures. We didn't get a lot of information on what it was it's like a spin-off from dragon quest 11 that contains eric uh, i think his sister i think they might be called eric and erica to be fair um but yeah this looks like eric's seen running around with a party of monsters so it has like that sort of monster dragon quest joker monster catching sort of it was essentially like a pokemon game but with dragon quest characters but that dragon quest did come up with the formula first i'll always put that in there <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this looked like a nice little game. I always like Dragon Quest stuff, um, Dragon Quest Builders especially. It was uh, fantastic. Some Dragon Quest Joker stuff has been really fun as well. I did notice from the the map, quite contained. It didn't look like there was a lot of wide open spaces. We kind of saw like uh, in the mini map in the corner, there was kind of like a lake with a cliff with a, say what looked kind of like the outline of a roller coaster with something else by that and then something else by that. So it seems like everything's... It's going to be crammed into a smaller area. It doesn't look like it's going to be a, a massive, massive open world. That's cool. I can get on with that, to be fair. If they're, if they're doing they're doing something fun in that space, it's going out for... I think it. I think the mechanic is to like search for treasure and just battle along the way. There was a bit where Eric got his... He just had like a compass around him with a sort of like an arrow wiggling to the direction that he needs to be heading. So I think it might just be like, oh, go to the desert and collect this sort of stuff. Um, so you've got like little fetch quests, or it could be go to the desert and get as much uh, treasure as you can before dying and then bring your haul back and upgrade yourself and 
be able to go even further into levels. Yeah, it was only like a one minute trailer though, so it's not really, you didn't really get a lot from it. I did notice like when they were talking through it, certain parts of the areas, if you need to get to higher grounds, then like the monsters that you've collected, you can jump on. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like a, a monsters, use the monsters as a jumping pad, so put like, you can jump up onto higher levels, and there's a, a bat that you can grab oh, a hold okay, of yeah. to go across different cam- uh, caverns, uh, which I thought was pretty, pretty cool mechanic. And I think it also stated, like, as you're going further through it, you can control the monsters that you've collected and help them within battle. Yeah, so it definitely seemed like you had your main character was able to run around and battle freely, uh, but then she did have, like, three monsters with her who were battling. They were, they were, I think they were taking commands. But, yeah, I'd be interested to see if, like, to gain access to certain parts of the map, you had to go and collect certain monsters. As you said, like, a... Uh, the bat thing, I think, would probably be a Draki. Um, if the Draki allows you to cross gaps, and then so there's another monster that allows you to jump up higher ledges. I wonder if there'd be like you'd need a you need one of the golems to be able to like smash through walls. Like that would be pretty cool. But as you said, we only got we only got like a minute of footage here. I'm trying to I'm trying to take as much out of this as I can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's due to release on the 9th of December, isn't it? It is, so uh, I won't have to listen to you guys talk about Callisto Protocol because I'll be busy playing Dragon Quest Treasures. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> I don't have to make an excuse for not playing Callisto Protocol because I'll just be, I'm playing Dragon Quest. Fair, fair. And then finally on our list we have, which has been like really hyped up quite a lot, it's Mario plus Rabid Spark of, Sparks of Hope. I loved the Rabbit games when they originally released by Ubisoft on... The, the Wii system and how they've integrated that with Mario and the what they're planning to do with this game I feel, I feel looks really interesting it looks like it's going to be more of an RPG based game um, like the way they're doing it because the the maps that you can like traverse it's all half top down isometric uh, there's new enemies involved yeah um, you have to hide behind obstacles use different attacks different abilities and how they've got the Mario cast uh, the Mario characters and the Rabbids characters working together and it looks like you've got a three person team as you go around the world very much Mario 3D or Mario 64 type worlds mm-hmm. Uh, with the the top down esque look, I can't remember what you said before. What that was? Isometric. Symmetric. That's the one. Mine's gone blank. <laughs> and all the different abilities, like the different the characters got. I think it's going to be quite interesting game to play. It'd just be interesting to see how the critics take it and how much there is to actually doing it. Because when you're looking at the trailer, it look when you're on certain areas, it looks like you've got tactics within that as well so you can only take mm-hmm. so many certain steps and then you have to hide use an attack or move out of the way from certain enemies in order to be able to carry on so it looks like a little bit turn based in there as well the idea I've got from it yeah so they did do uh, a Mario Rabbids on the Switch that came out maybe a year or so ago this is the follow up to that but that one had grid based combat so you could move I believe they could move a certain amount of squares Whereas in this one, they've changed it and they've now done like area of movement. So you get like a circle range of where you can move. And I'm pretty sure you'd have like sort of like AP points. So for instance, you can do one attack, you can take 40 steps, whether that 40 steps is 40 steps straight forward or 20 steps forward attack and 20 steps back. But yeah, these are very much like, I don't want to say babies first, but they are like 
tactics games with a bright aesthetic made to be accessible for people, for people who are new to the genre. Uh, but the first one did get like really high scores. It was very well regarded. It does look good. So I've just been watching the trailer again as you were talking, and yeah, it looks like you can do several attacks in the same movement as well. So you can you can jump over a wall, attack one of the rabbits like aliens, run around in a circle, go back to the wall and throw a mm-hmm. bomb while you're running back to the wall to other enemies and then hide behind the wall it, all in that one attack. So not sure how many moves you have available within one certain attack, but it does look interesting. I'm quite intrigued to see how this pans out. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward. I'm probably not going to pick it up day one just because... Does it come out like October 20th? Is that right? 20th or 22nd, I think it is. But it's definitely this October. I think there's um, I think there's a few other things coming out around that time. So unless I manage to finish all them first, which is not likely, um, I'm probably not going to pick it up day one. Nice. Cool. Now it's time for the OCR. This is where we send Biz to review City for boots on the ground live coverage of recent releases. And we've got three this week, uh, and all quite low to be fair. And we're going to start with Phobia, which, at time of recording, had a 73. So, Phobia is still sat at 73. Fair. Uh, crickets, critics, and damn crickets. crickets. Crickets are coming out again. <laughs> they are, there's bloody crickets. Uh, it's uh, 55% by critics recommend. Not, to be fair, it's not actually got that bad a score. 73 is still quite a good score for what the game is. I think the lowest one we've got here is a 6.5 and that was given by Destructoid. Uh, the rest of the reviews are looking at 7 out of 10, 85 out of 100, 7.7, 7, 7, 8, 7, 80 out of 100. So it's not actually that bad of a game. Slightly above average or simply inoffensive fans of the genre should enjoy them a bit but a fair few will be left unfulfilled. You know what? That, I think that's just like copied and posted to every single one of their critic reviews. Is it actually? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I've read that out before, that, ex- that exact same words before. After finish this game, I'll never look at a, ho- at a hotel in the same way again. That exaggeration won't stick, but after spending a few lonely nights with Phobia, I, I do see floor after floor of locked doors when I close my eyes. You'll play, it. play as Roberto, a journalist trying to get to the bottom of a series of mis- mysteries, missing people, weird settings and decades-long cult activity. Surrounding a hotel of Santa Catarina in Brazil, you've been tri- tipped off and now you're the new guest. Lucky you. Your path forward is often just out of reach and you'll end up looping all around to find an eventual way forward. If you're a pixel hunting adventure game fan, you'll be a pro. Uh, it's quite heavy on puzzles. I've just gone to the the full review of that 6.5. Yeah. But the, yeah, to quickly catch you up on the speed, this game has undeniable shades of Resident Evil 7's first-person horror and inventory management with a huge emphasis on solving puzzles. And there's a surprisingly deep story to unfurl as you slink around an infested hotel. So that's what I mean by from what it originally said on the critic at a 6.5. Mm-hmm. I think that's just copied and pasted to every single one of their reviews because what he says here doesn't reflect what he actually says on the like the opener for it. Yeah, yeah, I get you. What else we got here? Push Square. 
the Crichton run on company. We're giving Phobia St. Defina Hotel the benefit of the doubt. It's flawed for sure, but the 10 or 12 hour playing time is mostly a good time thanks to the effectiveness of the titular guest house as a setting of the oppressive atmosphere it managed to conjure during your stay there. Cool. So I um, I tried to put Phobia in my fantasy critic for this week. Um, for those of you who don't know, I had like four games cancelled this year. So I was kind of like losing the fantasy critic. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to chuck everything that's not coming out, out and then um, take my gamble on some indie games. Um, Phobia was one I couldn't find in, in the fantasy critic. Oh, really? Um, otherwise, I would have had it picked up, yeah. But if it only got a 73, then I think I quite lu- I lucked out there. <laughs> yeah. Because I need stuff in the 80s. Yeah, you're quite lucky that. It's only, it would have only picked you up three points in the fantasy critic, wouldn't it? Yeah. Cool. Should we move on to the next one? Yeah, what have we got next? Mm, what have we got next? Next, we've got Disguise 6 Complete, which at a time of writing has 65. Okay. It's got zero score for Critics Recommend. What? Yeah, there's no score for Critics Recommend. Okay. It's very weak on Open Critic Rating. Right. And it now has a 63. Fuck off. Seriously? Alright, carry on. Yeah, right. Top four scores. Eight out of ten from God is a Geek. I like them. Uh, 7.5 out of 10 from Serial Killers. Okay, okay. 5 out of 10 from PlayStation Universe. Yeah, they can fuck themselves. 3 out of 5 from Hardcore Gamer. That's fair. 3, three, three out of 5 is kind of 6. Yeah, it is. I would say that, that that's the top 4 reviews. Uh, that's the only 4 reviews. Fair. Uh, let's go from worst. So the worst for the is PlayStation Universe. Even though Disguise 6 Complete brings in accessibility options, the game itself reacts neg- negatively to some of them. A simplistic AI can't content with automation, while the hefty price tag alone for a year-old game makes this a hard pass. There's a, there are hints of fun here for a new player, but it, making this game easier to play, Disguise 6 Complete makes the franchise formula look antiquated. See, I I read this entire review earlier, um, and there's a lot of stuff in this review that I don't agree with. I don't want to be one of those people that's like, oh, he's getting the game absolutely wrong. Um, I have played the demo. I am knowledgeable in, like, Disgaea games previously, and he does start this review, like, the full review, he starts it with, I don't like tactics games, but I wanted to give disguise a go so he kind of put himself at a disadvantage there it's kind of me like i don't like i don't like cucumber but i'm going to try this cucumber and it's like well probably not going to like it to be fair um he does state that the game is 70 dollars i can't find it for 70 dollars like i paid 44 pound for it which i believe is like 55 dollars so i don't know i don't know whether if on the store uh the playstation store that it's 70 dollars but then stuff on the PlayStation Store tends to be quite expensive. Yeah, it does tend to be quite hyped up on PlayStation Store because I think the Quarry, uh, when mm-hmm. that was originally released, that was £65 on the PlayStation Store, whereas you can get it in-game for 50 quid or £55. So, yeah, yeah. That might be what it's on about. But then also, yeah. But then also in this review, he goes on about like how there's an auto-battle system and you can essentially turn on the auto-battle system and the game will play itself and it then becomes more just like a visual novel with like combat parts in it and it's like well yeah the accessibility options are there for those having a tough time who wants to make it easier so if you just turn everything on to turn all the accessibility options on then it's obviously going to play itself for you isn't it 
Yeah. So, so saying that, if I read you the review for the Serial Killers, which which um, pretty much mm-hmm. like sums up what you've just said, uh, Disguise Six Complete is not a bad game by any means. It has everything that made the series successful for fans. With even more accessibility, everything is bigger and more expansive, which causes it to distract from what should be the real fun. The auto battles are great for busy gamers who can't invest 10 hours to grind, but also take away a lot of the motivation. Story and characters are unfortunately the weakest aspect of the series for me, which is why I can only recommend the game to die-hard fans. For everyone else, there is a demo. Fair, fair. See, that that I can live with. Uh, Disguise is a very Marmite thing. You either, you either get it or you don't, or you love it or you hate it. It's very much about systems within systems and just tweaking the systems to get the outcome you want and the auto battle system has like uh demonic intelligence so you can very much like the gambit system from final fantasy 12 you can set all your things out all your characters out to be able to do their own moves uh, in the way that you'd want them to so i think that's um a lot of what the auto battle system is about is about managing to find those perfect tactics and the perfect team to send out and then yeah send it out and let them grind away and come back and reap the rewards from being a being a great tactician and not having to like physically move the pieces around the board um 20 times over uh, and the systems the the game will do that for you my copy did arrive this morning um i'm probably not going to edit this podcast straight away because i'm probably going to jump on and play some as soon as we're done <laughs> nice nice See, I, I'm I'm only going to take these reviews for a pinch of salt because disguise series is something that i do want to pick up at some point uh, I do need to find like my tactical brain somewhere, get into a bit more tactics. And I did enjoy the Gambit system on Final Fantasy XII, and if mm-hmm. like the autoplay works exactly the same as what you do in, in Final Fantasy XII, then I can't see why it's such a bigger deal from the PlayStation universe. It's like the tactics that you put in, you've actually pre-fought that match before it happens, so you're still playing the game, mm-hmm. you're just making it so you can... Rather than sitting there for 10 hours, you can get your tactics, go to work, and come back and see if you failed or see if you were successful, but you've put those tactics into place to, for the game to play how you want it to play. Yeah, yeah. You got a spot on there. I personally don't agree with the PlayStation Universe, their review on that game. Seems very harsh, to be fair. Yeah, it does. So, it, as you said, it is like Marmite, you either hate it or love it or you hate it. But at the end of the day, if you're not prepared to put in the time to put the tactics and think about how you're going to plan ahead, then you're not going to enjoy the game because you're obviously just trying to rush through this to give a review. And it's not an honest review because you're not playing the game how it should be played how it's been designed to be played yeah yeah it sounds like he just he, he stuck it on autoplay let it autoplay itself and went oh it did itself yeah, yeah it was average okay alright so yeah so go and actually play the game properly and actually enjoy it <laughs> cool and then we're going to move on surprisingly that wasn't our poo poo of the week uh, we are now going to move on to our actual poo poo of the week which is MX vs ATV Legends which at time recording was at 58 was it? Yeah. Wow. It's gone up. It's on a seventeen percent critics recommend. <laughs> okay. Has it got? Has it got a, uh, an official score? Yeah, fifty-four. Fifty-four. I thought for a second then you were going to tell me it was like sixty-four and it had gone above the sky and then the sky was the actual turd. But no. Okay, fifty-four. Okay. Let's get into it, Viz. What's uh, what's rough with this? <laughs> Do you want to skip the next segment? <laughs> Why? <laughs> this was your pick last week, mate. 
I know, yeah. <laughs> and I went with the, I went in the Sev special, and the Sev special is fucking salty this week by the sounds of it. <laughs> right, so this has had seven reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got 68 out of 100, 3 out of 10 from Push Square. Uh, worth playing, giving it a 4 out of 10. Game Spew, giving it 7 out of 10. <laughs> 33 Bits has given it 70. Merlin Kazani, I've never seen them ones before, have you? No, not familiar. 60 out of 100. And Unpulse Gamer has unscored it. Okay. So, uh, let's go with Push Square, that's the, the lowest rating, then I'll move away up. If there's one bright spot, it's the new Trails game mode, a checkpoint type race that has more varied terrain. It's quite fun and very chaotic, serving as the high point amid innumerable lows and the about sums mxvs atv legends are at its core this is a buggy flawed mess that falls far short of other racers on the market ouch okay see i can i can accept low scores when they say buggy glitchy messes that's when you give stuff low yeah. scores yeah i think this game obviously needs some work um so let's go to worth playing giving it a four out of ten it is difficult to recommend mx vs atv legends under any circumstances the opening moments are pushingly slow to get through and the whole process of going through the events lacks and any polish the races all suffer from a myriad of issues including bad track design wonky physics constant sluttering and a fiddly handling system against brain-dead brain AI. With the ability to power up all three of your vehicles after only three races, the drive to progress is barely there. This is a case where there are plenty of other motocross racing games that are worth your time unless you're willing to wait a year or two to see if the team can throw enough patches to make this somewhat decent. Wow. Yeah, that sounds rough. I bet you this will be on um, the plus tier system within like <laughs> nine months, yeah. Or, or you're getting it on uh, PlayStation Plus as your essential games. Yeah, you're going to the Playsta- PlayStation 4 as the essential one for August. <laughs> yeah, four years' time would be like the best of hits. This will be one of the best of hits. Like 15 quid, pick it up. And so the one that gave it an un- unscored was like, this broken physic and presentation mess. Hard pass. <laughs> Yikes. So yeah, if you, haven't, if you haven't brought ATV Legends already, don't go buy it. Play this guy, yeah, sounds like a bit of a, a doo doo. Need some work, a lot of work. Cool. Now it's time for the draft. In this game, both players will take turns picking games and guessing scores. Lowest score wins. And last week, I didn't do too well. Um, as we've just spoke about, I picked MXV ATV Legends uh, and I went with the sub special 72. What did it come out? 54. Actual 54. I then picked uh, Phobia, uh, 78. I haven't got these scores written down, mate. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I picked Phobia at a 78. I scored a 70. So that's 8. I think my, my total was like 28 or something by the end of it. Oh, really? Yeah. And then you went with a DNF Jewel. You went with 75 and it came out at an 80. So you got a 5 there. And then Escape Academy, you predicted an 82, actually didn't get any results. So we're not sure if it's actually coming out now, because there's two different, there's contradicting websites for release dates. But that does mean you cancel out, because you had a did not release, you cancel out my worst game. So it then went down to an 8 versus a 5. But I do think it's only fair that you win. I wouldn't have felt fair getting ATV Legends so far off the mark and then beating 
I'm currently on Metacritic at the moment to go and Metascore for Escape Academy. It says it's released today. Yeah, there are no there are no reviews or anything for it. But then the fantasy critic site, if you click on released because I picked it up, um, it says it's releasing 14th of July. I didn't bother to go to any other sites and look it up, to be honest. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, so now we're at 3-3. And it's all to play for. This week's games, Cuphead Delicious Last Course, Monta Hunter, Monta Hunter, Monta Hunter Sunbreak, <laughs> Outriders. Monta Hunter. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that your Saturday night, is it? Or was that last night? <laughs> I know, I'm, I know I'm lonely at the moment, but I'm not doing that. Uh, uh, Outriders, Will Slayer, and Galactic Junkers. So, uh, go on, Viz, which would you like first? I know which two I want to take, so I'm going to go with the first one. I'm going to go with Outriders, Will Slayer first. Yeah. I thought this. I think this looks fucking brilliant. Yeah? I really like the look of this. Yeah, I'm not gonna go high. I'm not gonna go too high, but I want to go with 77. Okay. See, the first one I'm gonna take is uh, the Cuphead, and I am gonna go high on this one. I'm gonna go 84. Okay. I'm gonna go with Monster Hunter then. I knew you would. You can have the Kickstarter. Thanks. <laughs> to be fair, the, the the Galactic Junkies does look good. It does look like a lot of fun to play. Yeah. Just depends on whether it's broken or not, doesn't it? Yeah. Some break. I'm gonna go with seventy-three. Okay. I like that. I like that. If I had picked that, I'd have gone eighty. But... Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I hope I hope that bites you in the ass. To be fair. Well, to be fair, the Monster Hunter expansions have not always done great. They've normally hit at seventy-four, seventy-five. Oh, have they? You've done your homework. Of course I have. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whereas me, I don't. I just I just presume I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> just because I've done my homework, that doesn't mean I'm gonna be right. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, so Galactic Junkers, I'm going with... Oh, let's have a little more faith. I'm going to go. I'm gonna stick with a 75. Oh, okay. You're not going with self-special? No, it didn't work last week, so... <laughs> okay. If it doesn't work if it doesn't work one week, it's not so special. Now it's time for some hidden gems. You're not going to run it down? You normally run it down. Oh, okay. I already feel run down, mate. Uh, so this week's games... Uh, Sev has gone with Cuphead's Delicious Last Course at an 84 and the Galactic Junkers at a 75 and Fizz has gone for Monster Hunter Sunbreak at a 73 and Outriders World Slayer at a 77. Tune in next week to find out the results. Now it's time for some hidden gems. Hidden gems. So this week I have decided to bring along a game that it's not that hidden to people who know about it, but to people who don't know about it, it is completely hidden. So I think, yeah, that's the entire idea of hidden gem, and it? Yeah, I need to go to bed. Um, yeah, I am bringing along Ease 8. Ease 8. So yeah, Ease 8, for those who don't know, is part of the Ease series made by Neon Falcom. Um, and it is generally regarded as one of the best Ease games ever. It did re originally release on, I think it came out on like Vita and PS4. It's got very much uh, Vita graphics, so if you look at it like from today's standards, it does look like quite an old game. Um, but Falcom have used like the same engine for years, so we shouldn't really deter anyone from playing it. Um, but this is fast-paced action, like it's not my typical turn-based combat the music is fucking incredible from sign team jdk like they do most of the falcon games and they're absolutely phenomenal uh, and then the, this is like an action rpg set on a desert island 
you, uh, you're in a shipwreck. Your mission is to recover everybody who has become stranded on this island. You make your own little village. You have to find your way off the island back to safety. Uh, I won't give too much of the story away because it does the story is what leads it all the way through the game. Uh, there are lots of twists and turns and really cool stuff like that. And I don't know a single person who has played Ease 8 and not walked away at the end of it and said that that was a fantastic game, that that was one that they really enjoyed. So yeah, I just need to convince Fizz to play it now. No, you already have convinced me to play it. I do want to play it. I've just had a look on for the Vita, uh, look online for the Vita version. It's like 200 quid. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um, it is on the tier system, along with Ease 9. Is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I would recommend getting on the tier, play Ease 8. If you want to play Ease 8 and Ease 9, they're in the tiers, so... Well, it's definitely I, a bonus. I think I'm definitely going to be in tears after I finish both of them in one run. I was tears of joy. <laughs> cool. So yeah, that's easy. Please tell us about your game. Well, this week I'm bringing to the table McVitie's Gold Bar. What? <laughs> it's such an underrated biscuit. You're like so confused right now, aren't you? Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> uh, any joking? This week I'm bringing Dante's Inferno. <laughs> This was originally released on February 9th, 2010 on the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. I absolutely love this game. Uh, I think this was in my first 10 Platinum games that I managed to get. Just a quick rundown about the game. Uh, Dante's Inferno entails an adapted story that focuses on delivering a blockbuster third-person action game experience while bringing Algeria's depiction of hell to the medium. Players assume the role of Dante, who descends into hell after returning home to find his beloved Beatrice murdered with Lucifer seducing her soul into the underworld. Dante sets out on a rescue mission to save Beatrice, but he soon realises he is also in hell to face his own demons and ultimately redeem himself. So the whole idea of Dante's inferno is going through hell and going through the seven stages of can't think what they're called now. Affinity is it affinity, the um Sev? I know they were like the circles of how weren't they? They were like yeah, I don't know if they were the same as the seven deadly sins, like glide last. Yeah, that's it, that's what I was uh, looking yeah. for. Yeah, it's so it's going through the seven deadly sins through hell, so you got uh, a lot of monsters. It's very much action based, same as what God yeah. of War is, so it's like a lot of hand to hand combat. It's very mythical as well, and it's I think it's got a fantastic story. A lot of people in the generation we're in now would not know about this game, so this is very much a hidden gem in my eyes because I think it's a fantastic play. It's just the story itself and the gameplay, it's very ahead of its time for what game it actually was and what they were actually trying to like pursue and it's just a different intake outtake of what god of war actually is yeah so have you got the page for it up at the moment yes is this is it was an ea game was, uh, it, was it done by visceral yeah it's visceral games okay so that's a, that's a dead space team that is yeah um yeah cool i thought i can i can remember the opening and see i'd seen like a visceral there um but yeah yeah it was it was very much like uh god of war i remember you like um Swinging a big cipher around stuff. It was a trophy for getting a combo hit of like six six six. Yeah. I don't think I ever got that. I'm guessing if you got the platinum, you definitely did get that, didn't you? Yeah, I got that. I pl- I've platinum this game. I'm pretty sure this is like one of my first ten platinums. Nice, nice. And I'm like over my two hundreds now. So it was a long time ago when I played this. <laughs> but still, still to this day, I can remember playing it, and it's something I. I'd definitely go back to if they did a remaster of oh a remaster of this would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean it is on uh, Game Pass, 
part of the EA Play, the EA Access thing. The only yeah. reason it's not on PS4 on the EA Access is because they can't emulate PS3 games. This was uh, this was before Open Critic as well, so it, Metacritic actually gave it a score of 73. Okay. But I don't think that gives it justice. It's definitely worth more than yeah. that. So that's my hidden gem this week. Thank you very much. Now it's time for the final segment that this week I'm calling Rankinstein's Monster. In the final segment, we will prove that the fans are way too noisy and we have our opinions on everything. That's right, it's time to rank everything. And on the block this week, I have chosen meal deals, door handles and knobs, daytime napping, Netflix, and we had our first, air quotes, listener submission, cryptocurrency. So, Fizz, which would you like to take first? I'm going to take Netflix. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Netflix, I watch a lot, mm-hmm. uh, along with other like subscriptions that you have to pay for. It, it's quite difficult to rate this one at the moment. It's very high in my ratings due to the fact in three days' time we have Stranger Things episode six and seven coming out well the last two episodes of Stranger Things is out this Friday and that's only on Netflix so this is quite high Mm -hmm. for me so I'm going to put it just above Stranger Things it's only right because without Netflix I think so yeah if you haven't got Netflix you haven't got Stranger Things (laughs) yeah and then you'd have to watch Stranger Things on if we say there weren't any other streaming services it would go back to like the cable so you'd have to watch like one episode a week Uh, and I don't think anyone wants to do that with Stranger Things Um, Netflix I, I rate Netflix quite highly. I think it's one of the things that sort of will bring in and out and end to what people consider like cable. It's like on-demand TV, isn't it? Yeah. And I definitely, I'd rather watch what I want, when I want, than turn the TV on and have the TV dictate to me that, oh, because it's three o'clock in the morning, you can only watch reruns or uh, News 24. She's like, no, I don't want to watch that stuff. I want to I wanna watch what I want to watch. So It's got to be in that top five somewhere. It's got to be between Dad Jokes and Stranger Things because they, all of those things there, they just work together. Yeah, I'm happy to put Netflix. Uh, yeah, Pizza from Netflix is good. Pizza Netflix and G Fuel, really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Days so. off Netflix, pizza. Yeah, yeah, great. Tell some dad jokes while you're at it. Um, yeah. Is it is it better than G Fuel? Uh, yes. I'd say it's better than G Fuel. So we're going with Netflix number five? Yeah, I think so. Smashing. What a great start. Okay. I'm going to take Meal Deals. Okay. Uh, for anyone not in the UK, Meal Deals are what we class as. We go into like a supermarket chain and they have... It's so like a sandwich or a wrap, or you can get a pasta pot, you get a snack, which could be like a sausage roll, a pork pie, a packet of crisps, a chocolate bar, and then you get a drink. So you get like one main, one side, one drink. And they usually, I think Tesco's is usually the best one. It's like £3 if you've got a Tesco's club card. You go through a lot of meal deals, don't you, Viz? Yeah, I normally grab one every day before I come to work, if I haven't made anything at home. Yeah, what's your what's your favourite things to get in meal deals? Uh, it's quite difficult because I'm quite fussy. I don't have mayonnaise, so I can't go automatically go for pasta pots unless they're not made with mayo. So it's generally you can deal with a sandwich with mayonnaise. I generally mm-hmm. look at like chicken stuffing and bacon, or chicken and bacon, like a, a breakfast sandwich that's got sausage, bacon, uh, chutney in there. 
egg, even though I take the egg out, but still, it's it's just that mix of flavours. Bag of crisps. I normally go for two snacks rather than a drink as well. Okay, yeah. Because normally the shop that I go to, they also have like pepperoni snack pots. Yeah. Cheese and pickle snack pots. Derrily Dunkers. Know, just nice. Depends how I'm feeling on the day and what I want to snack on. Snack on as I'm working because I generally don't sit down and eat. Type of career that I just I don't generally stop. I just keep going and just pick on the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I find it's better to just like uh, munch and work at the same time. To be honest, um, some of the things I like to get are I like getting satay skewers. Like they're a great snack if you ever have them. And then oh. Do you get the ones with sweet chilli, do you? Yeah, sometimes they come with sweet chilli. I know in, like, Morrison's you can get, like, big samosas. They're pretty cool. And I always like to get, like, the uh, the really high-priced, like, juice drinks. So they're, like, innocent smoothies and stuff like that. Like, if you brought them on their own, they're, like, £2.60. But a meal deal is £3, £3.50. So you're essentially paying a pound for a sandwich and a snack as well. I think... Yeah. The thing I've noticed as well in the the shop, like, monsters start creeping onto the meal yeah. deals. And monsters, they're, like, nearly £2 a can over here. Yeah, they are. Because I think they're, like, £1.69. Get one of those in a meal deal is a cracking deal. Yeah, I was always... It always baffles me when I see people and they get like a just ham sandwich, packet of ready salted crisps and a bottle of water and they pay £3.50 and it's like, so if you brought them all separately I think you'd pay cheaper than what the meal deal is. I think that's not how you work a meal deal. <laughs> yeah. You've got to make it feel like you've got yourself a deal. Get like a, a £2.80 sandwich, a £2.80 drink and a, a snack that's at least £1.50 and you're like, oh, I've saved myself four quid on here. Yeah. But yeah, I think my favourite kind of I like getting like the meat feast subs, but I think the meal deals are the most special when Tesco's and stuff start doing the Christmas sandwiches. So you can get like a turkey and oh. all the trimmings or like a pigs in blankets wrap or pigs in blankets sandwich or yeah, like that's uh, that's when meal deals are absolutely banging. It's great when Greg start bringing the meal deals in as well. Mm-hmm. Because you can get the hot and spicy chicken poppers. A, sam- yeah. a sandwich or a baguette or like a sub and a drink or even that. Oh, a meatball sub, a bag of crisps and a drink from Subway. Yeah. See, they tend to be, like they're, they're quite expensive, to be fair. But, yeah, they're still good. They're still... A good foot long every now and again is not right. Not nothing yeah. wrong with that. <laughs> Mate, you've had a few of them in your time, haven't you? Don't tell everybody. Well, I just said it now. <laughs> I probably said it now. Um, so, yeah, with all that said, I, I think meal deals are, are wicked. But I don't know, you know what, I think I'd put them just after a morning coffee. Just after a morning coffee, okay. Just after shorts, no, no, I'm, I'm thinking wrong, just after shorts. Ooh. So what? What's before cheese, so they're better than just cheese. Yeah, because you can get cheese in your meal deal, can't you? Yeah, it's only plain cheese, it's like nothing extravagant about it. Okay, so going down, if it's not as good as cheese, is it as good as, a meal deal's as good as hot sauce? <laughs> No, you can put hot sauce in a meal deal. No, I'd agree with you. It can definitely be above cheese. Cool. All right, then. So we're going... I think this is technically number 10 or 11 because we haven't updated the numbers. Oh, it's normally my job. Oh, I'm going behind here. (laughs) You're not concentrating. You think about all those footlongs now, aren't you? You're salivating. I know. Well, then, Viz, which which one are you picking next? Door handles. Okay. Take it away. Right. They're they're a necessity, so it's not whether you like them or not. They're in, they are a necessity. You you can't you can't lock your house without a, a door handle or a doorknob. Mm-hmm. Well, you can. It's just it would be very safe or practical. Would it? Uh, I think they're quite important. 
So on a, on a ranking basis, I'd say to protect everything in that list, it, 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 they'd have to be at number two. Oh, why? See, I was, I was like, <laughs> doing, doing these, like, thinking of coming up with stuff, I was like, what stuff that's, yeah, it's essential, and if you don't have them, then it's just going to make your life really awkward, but you wouldn't necessarily think they're fun things to have. They're not necessarily um, fun things to have, but it, it's, like, a crucial thing to have, though, isn't it? Yeah. Is there any way we can do away without them and use a different technique? Yeah, the world being a safer place, mate. Yeah, let's stick with door handles then, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I don't really want to put door handles at number two. I think that's too high. Okay, so what do you reckon? Come on. So I think once you're inside a room, like it doesn't matter if the door's got handles or not, does it? Like you're already where you need to be, so you don't have to. You don't have to have a door handle. Maybe you just put like a hole in the bottom of the door and you just like kick through the hole and then open the door with your foot every time. <laughs> it's just going to be a minor minor inconvenience, isn't it? Yeah, but w- without a door handle, then you're not going to have a, the, the mechanism to shut the door. It's not going to stay closed. So imagine when you go a gusty day and like it's really windy outside and every single door in your house starts flapping open and closed. Bang, 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 bang. You're trying to play a game. You probably won't be able to hear it over your PS4, but still. <laughs> Mate. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, would you settle for below Netflix? So, like, number six. Below G Fuel, number seven? Yeah. Would you rather have handles on all of your doors at home or watch Stranger Things on Friday? Stranger Things on Friday can go at number seven, uh, number seven right? <laughs> There you go. It's, it's not. It's not hitting number two. It's go. We like Stranger Things. Um, yeah, put it after Stranger Things. And it'd be number eight. Yeah, they make Stranger Things number eight, then, wouldn't it? We'll put it. Put it after Stranger Things. We'll make Stranger Things. Leave number Stranger Things seven. Yeah. Okay. We'll make door handles. Cool. Okay. So you know what? I'm going to take cryptocurrency. Uh, okay. This was our first listener suggestion. Um, thank you for picking something we know. I know very little about. Have you done your homework on what cryptocurrency is? I've had a look and I still have not got a clue. I'm completely boggled. Yeah, it's some kind of um, non-regulated funds that only exist in the internet, but you can get computers. I know people do like, was it crypto mining to find this magical thing? To be honest, to me, it all sounds like a lot of made-up bollocks that somebody come up with. Because um, it's not like printed real money, is it? No, it's it's not real money. It's putting your money into uh, like bitcoins and different finances. It's paying into a business or certain aspects of a business. And if they fluctuate or fail, then the currency either increases or decreases. Uh, decreases. Okay. Um, but I do know that the crypto and bitcoin has actually lost. A lot of money over the past week. Yes, I think I think over this over this year, like it's been, I've seen a lot of stories about it dropping, um, it dropping very far. So it doesn't, to me, it doesn't sound like something that's financially viable. It sounds like I know people have made a lot of money on it, and you can uh, get lucky and make make a few odd grand and sort yourself out for a little bit. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be investing thousands of pounds in it. It seems like a fad to me. It seems like something that in a, in a few years only a few people will be doing it and it'll be it'll be a very niche way of making money that will only work for certain people if you get me. Yeah, it's all about like I can't think of the word now. The currency they use in it, it's how it's I can't think of the word. I had it a minute ago but I can't it's completely lost 
from me now. They put money... It's all bullshit, is that, is that what you're trying to say? No? Yeah, no, they put money in it to make money. It's all on finances and like growths in markets. If you buy in at the right time and the market fluctuates, then it's a good deal. But if that... It's all about gambling as well. Yeah, it's high risk, high reward, isn't it? Yeah, so there's a lot of gambling aspect in there. So if you're going to put a £1,000 into a company that will generally lose profit of 1.25%, then your £1,000 then turns into 400 quid. Yeah. That's like, oh. And then people, if they do manage to make a lot of money from it, they then get greedy. It's like, oh, I'll put this much into this company because I'm doing so well at the moment, and then they lose the lot, where potentially they could have been like £20,000 richer. Yeah. So it, it, I think with the Bitcoin, you have to take a lot of effort and a lot of time to watch how the, the markets fluctuate and increase. Yeah, I mean, uh, you should only ever... When you're doing uh, stocks and stuff, you should only ever, you should only ever use your capital. Like you're not, not use your capital. You should only ever like invest, uh, invest a small amount. Like not invest your life savings. You invest a small yeah. amount, make money off that, and then you can reinvest that. So you're not actually uh, keeping yourself at risk. But I don't know. Some something about cryptocurrency just doesn't. It all seems a bit confusing, and the people, the people who are doing well at it, are the people who know all about it, and those that kind of get dragged into the, the hype will just end up losing all their money. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to put cryptocurrency especially high. No, not me. I can't. I don't understand it enough. I've looked into it. I've looked at things. I was like, oh, that's like interesting. Do I really want to invest in that? Am I? Is it going to be worth it? And then I think about the broader like horizons of things. Like, no, it's not worth it. I haven't got that money to like potentially throw away because I don't understand what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So with that being said, I think I'd rather wear a pair of boxers than invest in cryptocurrency. Yeah, I, I think I'd rather do exactly the same. I'd rather like get cryptocurrency than shit myself. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely sounds like a funny <laughs> thing to do on a Saturday afternoon, but I definitely prefer to wear boxes. Yes. So, cool. Cryptocurrency. Yeah. But, uh, 29. So, which leaves me with the best one in this list, I think, in your eyes. We'll see, we'll see if you... F- it's something I don't... It's something I don't get a chance to do a lot of. Smile. <laughs> what? That's a bit rude. Uh, <laughs> fair. Sorry, I'll cut that out. No, it's all right. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit rude. Sorry, you said my PS4 was loud. I know it is, but it's like telling a fat person they're fat, isn't it? Can't be mean. All right, calm down. <laughs> right, daytime napping. Yay! I don't get to do this a lot. I would love to have a daytime nap today. My wife's a, my wife loves a good daytime nap. Yeah. So this would be high on her list, definitely. She'd probably put that before dad jokes. <laughs> number one like a midday nap yeah, yeah 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 it'd be top of a list even before a coffee or a cup of tea it's like daytime nap it's like yeah that's me i love to sleep that that's up there it's like no kids i'm going to bed <laughs> yeah like i had a break today and i made sure today to have a daytime nap just so i could uh remember what it's like i could, could um, put this in the rankings with an official dedicated 
knowledge. So I think this one's definitely going to be mainly your decision on the daytime napping. I haven't got the the experience in it. A, a good power nap like in the middle of the day is nice, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that a daytime nap. That's like dropping off for like ten minutes and not realizing you've actually dropped off. That's not like perp- like daytime napping is purposely going out your way to. Oh, so you know, I I consider like falling asleep on the sofa even if it's for a few minutes, like, that's definitely a nap. Like, you definitely went, um... What, like, you're doing the nodding dog? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a nap, isn't it? <laughs> uh, no, if you if you go to bed um, and, like, set an alarm, then you're... That's technically asleep. I think you're putting yourself for a sleep, aren't you? Okay. But yeah, yeah, there's many times where I sit down in front of the TV in the middle of the day and I end up uh, having a snooze, falling asleep, even when there's other people around. That's just what dads do, really, isn't it? Fall asleep on the sofa. Yeah. And you finally stop running around and doing whatever you have to do. You finally get a chance to sit down, enjoy the TV. You fall asleep. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. It's like it is a, it's a dad, it's definitely a dad thing. So I don't know where my wife's got it from though. <laughs> Fair. She's been watching me too much. Yeah. You put her yeah. to sleep, do you? <laughs> <coughs> oh dear. Okay, so I'm thinking just after it's your it's yours. I will. You're going to disagree with it anywhere I put it though, because I know you love a good daytime nap. I do, but I don't. I do love a good daytime nap. But there are lots of things on this list that I think are more essential. I'd put it before hot sauce. So number fourteen. Okay. Okay. I was I was going to suggest uh, before flat pack after hot sauce. I'll happily take it out of 14. I'd, I'd rather a daytime that than hot sauce. Let's put it that way. Yeah? Yeah. So, this week we added Netflix at number 5, door handles and knobs at number 8, meal deals at 12, daytime naps at 14, and cryptocurrency at 29. So, with that list now complete, I think that actually brings us to the end of our show this week, doesn't it, Seth? It does. Oh, what a shame. You'll have to join us next week for another ramblings. <laughs> Smooth transition. <laughs> so I'd like to thank you all for listening to our show and our ramblings. Come and find us on our RPG Area Discord channel. We encourage you to reach out with things you'd like to see ranked, games and trailers to get hyped about, or even hidden gems of yours that you'd feel we all should discover. I'm still Viz, he's still Sev, and we've made enough noise this week. Bye. Bye.